0: Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number 429. You know... Be absolutely thrilled by the guest today. He's amazing, but he gives three key things that I took out of it that's going to absolutely benefit you. One is the three steps that he took to go from a gold partner to an elite partner in HubSpot, which can be applied to any other partner platform. The second is how the partner industry will consolidate and what you can do to be prepared and take full advantage of that. And also some of the things that he looks for when he's going to exit, which will be perfect for you. And the third thing is how to build a culture that will fuel the growth. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you are a regular, absolutely love those reviews. Now, there's some notes on the app that you're listening to, but if you want to get the full transcript, just go to com forward slash podcast. And before we go into our interview with Doug, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first one is the Cloud Consultants Collective, where peers go and help each other on the business side of running a consultancy or a cloud consulting practice. You can find out more at Cloud Consultants And the other one is Send Spark. It's an amazing video platform. And they've just included now where you can have your little introduction video and then you can add that to any standard here. It's absolutely wonderful. You can get a free six months by going to Paul Higginsmentoring.com forward slash send spark. And what I'd love to do now is uh, talk a little bit about our guest, uh, Doug. So Doug Went is the co-founder, senior partner, and chief growth officer at Went Partners, an elite, as I mentioned before, HubSpot partner, and a comprehensive technologist solutions firm. They really run both a uh, professional service firm and a technology. And he's born in uh, Baltimore, but now is in Queens, New York. And he's had you know three decades. Decades of experience, even though he looks a lot younger than that, and he's been leading groundbreaking sales, marketing, digital technology, and communication projects all over the country. Uh, all these fields become exceptionally more sophisticated, or as you know, the technology and the consulting side. Doug continues to take on the new challenge. And to lead his global team with unparalleled intention, energy, and integrity. And you're going to get that from Doug today. He's absolutely wonderful. So now what I'll do is hand you over to Doug Went from Went Partners. Great to have you here, Doug.
1: Thank you, Paul. It's an absolute pleasure to be here on your podcast today.
0: Yeah, well, I know you listening are just waiting for Doug to share all these gold and wisdom today, so we're going to get to that in a moment. But why don't we kick off with who your ideal clients are and what problems you solve for them?
1: Sure. And it's interesting because I've thought a lot about how much this. the answer to this question has changed over the years. But the short answer is B2B executives who are looking to drive 3x to 5x growth and who understand to take strategy, technology, and messaging to make that happen.
0: Right. So tech strategy and messaging, spot on. And, you know, is there any particular or what sort of problems do they have? Obviously, it's the reverse of that. But, you know, just go in a little bit more detail as what, what do you see when you go to a client and you say, bingo, this is perfect for for what we do?
1: Absolutely. Uh, we've all learned, and the the, t- the typical MBA program anywhere in the world today follows this idea of divide and conquer. You know, I hire the marketing executive to do marketing, the finance executive to do finance and so on and so forth, operations personnel. That makes sense except that growth does not happen in a department. Growth happens in a customer experience. And so I call that divide and be conquered because we see B2B executives all the time who say, hired this great VP of marketing, but marketing doesn't talk to sales. I have a VP of sales. They don't talk to marketing. Uh, Our IT department couldn't care less about CRM. They're only interested in accounting and inventory software. And so everybody's disconnected. That is the ideal client for us. And that is the problem that we solve.
0: Yeah. And look, I've been in corporate for, well, coming up to 12 years, right? So I'm still surprised that, you know, you're saying that that's still a common problem, right? I was hoping that that it all, all go because, you know, I worked for the Coca-Cola company and it was, you know, so separated that the Coca-Cola company did all the marketing and the brand stuff and then the bottlers did everything else, right? So it was like right. a marriage that was always in divorce. It was, it yeah. was <laughs> quite a strange, uh, strange thing. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about RevOps now and, you know, that all right. coming together. Like how have you seen that evolve over the last, you know, especially since COVID? Like has it evolved? Not? I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
1: I think uh, the technologists are ready for it to evolve, thus the uh, evolve, thus the concept of RevOps. But no, that hasn't made it to the, the corner office. Uh, there's still enormous change that needs to take place. And I think what's doubly dangerous is the SMB and middle market CEOs who are not running large corporations, but they think that the traditional divide and conquer model is what they need to do. And that's where we find them running into a rabbit hole. You know, what I described is not just true about multiple VPs and chief this and chief that in the large corporates, okay? In the middle market and growth stage enterprises, they hire a marketing agency, and they hire a sales training firm, and they hire an IT company to implement their CRM, and then they start the whole cycle again. The the service providers to the middle market are just as disconnected and disorganized in order to achieve sustainable growth for their clients. As the clients themselves are in the larger enterprises,
0: yeah, and and you know, for you and your positioning, you know, you're sort of by the sounds of the enterprise, etc. You know, has it always been that that way, or have you, you know, migrated up as you've evolved as a HubSpot partner?
1: That's a great question, and th- there are two answers. We basically we go to market in two ways. One is with a focus on HubSpot, the technology that you need in order to achieve integrated growth. And the other is WENT partners, the strategic minds, and the people who can execute on that strategy, who bring the software with them, okay? In the case of the, the former, we definitely are middle market to enterprise by and large because those companies are seriously reconsidering their technology investment and what platforms they're going to scale. Uh, new operations, new divisions, spin-offs they're looking at, you know, the the enterprise technology that got us here is not helping us anymore. On the the growth solutions, as we call it, side, where the primary discussion is with the CEO, that's typically middle market B2B companies. So we're talking with a CEO who has historically gotten to a certain point of growth in the business. And it might be a significant number, at least as far as organic growth is concerned, 25 to 50 million, maybe 75 million, Okay. But they've hit the ceiling. And the reason is because there's not an integrated strategy. And the reason we love HubSpot, just to tie it all together, is that's the integrated technology. And believe it or not, in our industry, it is still the one and only integrated technology play in the market.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Brian. And, you know, now talking about HubSpot, so you're mm-hmm. an elite partner. I think there's roughly, you know, 50 of them around the world, uh, that's which is right. very, yeah. very tight. Tight group, um, you know, give us a bit of the journey of how you got to to Elite. So, if you're here, you know, listening or watching Doug, you can uh, learn some tips whether you're a HubSpot partner or a Salesforce or Microsoft, or doesn't really right. matter. The journey I'm right. shooting is similar. So, yeah, Doug, sort of take us quickly through that journey.
1: Absolutely, Paul. And I'll tell you that it started with a very, very dark moment. So, uh, I've run the business for 15 years. Uh, I ran it for the first 10 years with my late wife. She and I were the senior partners. We were uh, a consistently growing firm, doing very well. Uh, She passed away of cancer, of ovarian cancer five years ago, and I hit rock bottom. And I happened to cross paths two weeks later with a gentleman who became our channel account manager at HubSpot, his name's Chris Moore. And what set him apart is he actually had run an agency or run an independent firm before joining HubSpot. He knew it was like on our side of the table. And he said to me, you know what, Doug, know I know you're at rock bottom, but I, I can feel that you have great enthusiasm and potential and, and a vision for what you want to do. I love what you've done up to this point. If you want to really focus on building this together, I'm all in. And in the last five years, we went from gold all the way to elite, which is from the entry tier to the top tier.
0: Oh, well, firstly, you know my condolences for the loss of someone that, yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine what that, that would be like.
1: Um, Thank you, my friend. So yeah, Appreciate condol- it.
0: Condolences there. As as So, you know, what, um, so you had a huge supporter in HubSpot, right? Which obviously, yes. you know, that's one thing. Um, and was that, like you said, was that by chance or, you know, like everyone gets an opportunity in life, right? You, you right. sounds like you grabbed that opportunity. Yes. Uh, do you think an opportunity like that's available for other people or were you in a, like a unique position at the time?
1: I mean, I feel that my friendship with Chris is unique, but the, the opportunity to build a business in partnership with HubSpot or another company in the space is unprecedented, uh, and it is available to everyone. Uh, I think the big challenge for all of us is to decide how we're going to manage the scaling, because we are literally two kinds of company at once. We are a professional services firm and a tech company. And we have to stay on top of the tech and we have to stay on top of the professional services. We have to be in our A game all the time in both. Our solution to that has been to further refine our market focus and the kind of customer we're best fit to serve.
0: Yeah, great. And and who is that? Who have you refined it to?
1: It is for us a very complex B2B enterprise. Typically, um, these are industrial or advanced technology companies. That's the world that I know, that's the world that our team knows, and that's the world that we have both the technology and the strategy expertise to really execute on flawlessly and continuously.
0: Great. And were you ahead of the curve? like thought, okay, I'm now going to focus on these and therefore uh, not on others, or did it sort of evolve over time?
1: It was a combination of things. And this is where making an early decision helps you attract people who are aligned with that decision. So yes, I had a background in the industrial sector because I used to be in ERP software in the manufacturing distribution space. And I actually worked with an industry vertical specific CRM many years ago. So yes, I had that background, but when we started and went partners 15 years ago, we were a, you know, serve all serve any. Okay. And um, we quickly recognized that that we needed to focus our methodology as well as our industry expertise, the technology environment accelerates that, okay? You can't possibly be good at every piece of technology and every technology use case. It's hard enough to be good at one piece of technology and, and one use case. Yeah. So that I leaned into that decision to really zero in on the market focus, and that has attracted colleagues and experts who started to recognize us and now they want to be a part of our alliance network and partner with us. So, you know, it's a decision worth making.
0: Yeah, look, I 100% agree. We back in 2016 were with a, a product that was, uh, well, it was bought by Citrix. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we just looked at what their perfect fit was, all the case studies that they sent through and all the use case cases were are all in the same sort of vertical so we yes. said that's it we're just going to double down on that and it was you know successful and we did the same thing when we took on another partner and, and today i still think that if you're picking a vertical like how many times i'll go to a linkedin profile and i'll just look at it and go like who you know if i'm if you're reaching out to me on linkedin i've got no idea what you do who you do you know, for right. it's like, um, I use the analogy of a car yard. Like, do you want to, if you want to buy a good car, do you go to one that's got all brands in it or do you go to one that's exclusive to the brand that you want to buy? And I think it's right. similar in this space. And, you know, you talked about uh, Chris, who was a great supporter. Anything else that you've done that we can take and apply from going from gold to elite?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, and it really follows along that same theme. So first of all, always be open to partnerships, always be open to partnerships. We came back from HubSpot's inbound conference literally last week, one of their most, I think, significant uh, to date. And we announced that we were the first partner for two major technologies that we think are going to be key plays in our market verticals in the HubSpot ecosystem. So always be open to partnerships. And the other thing is always be cultivating leaders and it's taken us a lot of trial and error to build the right leadership team. And, uh, and one thing we've learned is 99.9% of the time you should build your leadership team from within there is the occasional bluebird, but honestly they're usually not a bluebird. They're usually uh, a problem waiting to happen. You need people already in your culture. They already know not only the strengths, but the weaknesses of the company. Okay, they already get it where we're trying to go, and they're excited by that, which is why they have the potential for leadership.
0: Yeah, and look, you know, talking to a lot of partners, it's that you know, do I invest ahead of the curve? Right? Like, I've I've found the perfect person, but my run rate isn't at the right rate to bring them on at the moment. You know, should I wait? Not. What's your view on investing Mm. in people ahead of the the revenue curve?
1: I honestly don't know if any of us have a choice anymore. I think we have to invest ahead of the revenue curve, okay? That creates some interesting questions. I never thought in this industry that we'd be talking about interest from the investor community or convertible debt notes or other uh, financing strategies. I mean, I have three different people working on our continued growth and financing strategy, and knock on wood, we've continued to be v- very successful, uh, but we know how much it takes to keep building that talent machine. Yeah, yeah. So So, I I think we have to we have to uh, invest in talent first. Yeah, look, uh,
0: I agree, and you know I think the the smaller the ident, the business that you're in, I I suppose that the harder it is to do that. But I think you've got to take you know take a risk and take a pun on you and your team that it's it's going to be successful, right? Otherwise, go back to I always say used to say to myself, if you're not going to take the punt, you might as well go work back in corporate, right? Because that's why right. most people don't take the punts. <laughs> We're in yes. our own businesses to take those punts. That's um,
1: correct. And it's the only way to scale. Otherwise, you're going to end up, you know, uh, which is there's nothing wrong with this. We just have to be clear what it is. Yeah. You know, if you roll back, you're a small firm and you'll always be a small firm. And that comes with its own risks. Yes. I mean, this is an industry that in the next five years will be ripe for consolidation. It's going to be a lot of roadkill. You know, I think in professional services, we tend to overestimate our uniqueness as individual firms against the, the realities of the competitive marketplace. Yeah. And that only goes so far. I mean, I believe in our competitive differentiators, but I am not going to delude myself into thinking that we have an unstoppable bulwark against competition. We have to be prepared to meet that competition in a very serious um, you know, environment of change.
0: Yeah. And now who do you, th- or where do you think that consolidation will come from?
1: Ah, I think three things are going to happen in the next three years. Number one, in, in the HubSpot ecosystem, the tier one players are going to start entering it. The management consultancies, you know, the big four, um, they're going to start entering the space. And when they do, they're going to be taking a good portion of the, the cream with them. Okay. Number two, the amount of technology investment and technology expertise needed to support these, t- these platforms and these clients is growing exponentially. I mean, HubSpot's product announcements this year were all about development and product extensions, customizations. These are things that it requires a team to develop. You can't just have a person. You need to have a department or a subsidiary. All right. And number three, you have to have all the other ancillary expertise to support that. I never thought I'd be hiring business analysts and technical writers and you know requirements uh, experts and multiple agile project managers. We're building an entire IT operation. And in our space, we're very, very early at doing that. But I think three years from now, people who didn't do that are going to be off to the side of the road. It's going to yeah. be it's going to be a rough transition for those. That weren't focused on where the market's going because those are all going to be new requirements just to arrive at the table
0: yeah and and definitely I've seen um, well we've had a, a a recent guest Andrew Francis, that you can go and find in the the website and he was mm-hmm. acquired by a large media place so the the guy basically Was ran the largest agency in the world, and then he's gone off and started his own. So, you know, are you seeing that potentially playing out as well? So, you've got the big four or, you know, the consulting firms coming into the space, but also are, you know, the big um, agencies and the big media agencies, are they going to start buying more partners to add as much value as possible, i.e., like the accountants, right? So the accounting yes. industry, you know, they've gone and bought specially in. Is the same thing going to sort of happen around this consulting space and the agency space?
1: Yes. And I think one of the sobering things for owners to consider is what's your exit strategy? Yeah, Because you may not have the exit you're envisioning if you haven't prepared for the possibility of, of selling or acquiring. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, CPAs, um, absolutely, that is a sector that is going through rapid consolidation. Those that are industry-focused, that have you know a proven client base, some kind of market-specific positioning that they can demonstrate through client longevity, those are the ones that are getting picked up. Yeah. The small general practices that then have no particular value proposition except that they were the first in town. OK, they're not going to make it and they're not going to sell for very much, if anything at all. So I literally know CPA firms that are being acquired as strategic sales, yes. that are being acquired as non-strategic sales. But at least there was some exit that are shutting down. I see it all. And it's absolutely going to happen in our industry.
0: Yeah. And and, you know, you can give as much to this uh, question as is you want, obviously. But, you know, what are you thinking about from your exit? Strategy, like what? What do you do in your business differently, with a view that you may exit?
1: We recognize that we need um, unique IP, whether that is in technology or process. We think the answer is both, and we think the com- uh, the combination of those two, under industry specific expertise, is the key. We have to be able to demonstrate th- three things: we are the 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 leaders in serving a particular and established market segment. Okay. Uh, with enough velocity that it's hard for others to just, you know, leap into that space. Number two, that we have unique and proven processes, which may not be literal IP in the sense of patents, but are proven enough that it would be hard to replicate them yeah. Okay. or hard to master them. And third, that we have technology that meets the first two objectives, One two three. It's got to be those three. That's how you build a strong stool, right? A stool has three legs. That's what stabilizes it. In order to have a successful exit in this industry, I think you need those three legs. Yeah, there you just got my secret sauce. (laughs) Sorry,
0: there's only a million people that have heard it. (laughs) So, uh, switching gears a little bit back to the uh, inbound conference, right? So, like you said, there's some. You know, it's one of the better conferences from HubSpot you've attended. What, what are a couple, right. you know, couple of the key takeouts that you can share with us from Inbound?
1: Yes. Um, first of all, the big focus this year was on taking the HubSpot platform out of just being a very robust but standardized product into being the core of an ecosystem that you can build and customize your business needs on. So that was one piece. The other piece of the equation, the second theme was adding other products that help complete the suite, okay? LMS solutions, community solutions, um, project management solutions, CPQ solutions, so that you can extend the the platform and build your business process. Uh, And the third thing is tying those two together is community, the theme of community. Customers want online communities. Customers want to feel engaged. Prospects want to feel engaged. Building community is gonna be increasingly critical to the customer experience. And so HubSpot's technology strategy is focused on delivering that. But then as a partner, we need to be focused on bringing that capability to our clients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I totally agree. And, you know, I'm a community man. We've got our community cloud consultants collective, which, yes. you know, it's, I think that's where the space is like, you know, having a, a support desk or a helpline, you know, those now, basic things these days got to be replaced by peers talking to peers and um yes yeah, I think it's uh, so so critical and and the last thing I'd like to touch on before we go into some sharper questions is you know, your, <laughs> your leadership style right you you know mm-hmm. you're a, I've only just met you but you, you seem just a wonderful person you now what's your leadership style and and if you had to explain it, say to someone that was um you know joining your team what, what would you say your leadership style is like uh, they
1: they say and if you're an EOS person uh, or you follow some other you know uh, business growth methodologies you'll know that there are typically certain personality types the visionary the you know the synthesizer or the operator and the salesperson i'm very fortunate in that i i love to be a visionary and i love to sell Okay. So that's really the essence of my leadership style. Like when I interview candidates for our team, I'm the last person to interview because the joke in the company is Doug does not interview. He's busy selling them on how awesome it is to be at Wend Partners, (laughs) which of course is great. But you know, the point is. You know, I'm in the closing role, as I should be. Yeah. The The flip side of that is that our most important hire in the whole company is the operations director. And Elizabeth, our operations dresser, Elizabeth Thibault, who has experience in a much larger corporate environment, has brought that expertise to our ability to scale. You have to have your operator. If you're a visionary, OK, or you're a sales first person, I think that's a critical skill every successful tech entrepreneur I've ever seen loves to sell. OK, um, almost without exception. But you've got to have your operator. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and how did you go about finding Elizabeth?
1: Uh, she uh, actually we were friends and colleagues and uh, we knew each other previously, but I knew that she had been with Web.com Group, one of the largest companies, if not the largest company in the digital solutions industry. Um, And it was quite a pitch because I had to convince her that taking her expertise in building teams in a large corporate organization would be a skill set that could translate to our scaling environment. She also happened to be the, the co-owner of a small business at one point in her professional mm-hmm. career, completely unrelated, uh, a food service business. Okay, So I knew she, she was comfortable dealing with very small, intimate teams and the, and the day-to-day challenges of a small business, and I knew that she understood how to manage and scale corporate organizations. And I think that's a good recipe for what you need in your operator. You need someone who understands both ends of that spectrum.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. And and look, you know, I think, well, in short, I agree that that is the most critical role. And, and certainly, even if you're a, a smaller business, you think, you know, Doug's elite, and you're thinking, well, wow, that doesn't really apply to me because I'm a, a smaller business. Believe me, like, you know, if you're do in doing the architecture all the time, you're doing the design and you're the only person that's stuck doing that role, you need to let go of that to get across into the sales and marketing, right? And if you don't Absolutely. do that, like Doug said before, your business just won't grow, right? So. Yes. You've really got to do that, and as you said, Doug, take some investment ahead of the curve. And and like you said, there's more finance options out there than there ever was. And uh, the the governments at the moment, especially the American government, is you know giving mm-hmm. really good money away to build the build the economy yes. up again. So um,
1: yes, don't yeah. underestimate the importance of the financing engine to your business, and make sure that that's a part of the equation. And I want to bring one other thought to what you just said. We all know that it's important for an entrepreneur to work their way out of their role, right? We're trying to build a business that's not dependent upon the entrepreneur. That said, if there's one role that you want to end that list with before you're truly unnecessary, other than as the visionary, it's the sales role. So I have no intention of becoming a permanent sales bottleneck to my own company. I know darn well, it's my job to work out of that. At the same time, I also know if I never worked my way into it, we would never scale. Your sales team needs to see that you're able to do it. Now they won't be able to do it the way you do it because they're not the owner or or the CEO, but they need your sales focus to demonstrate the vision to them and help them motivate to do what they do. Then you can scale.
0: Yeah. Beautifully said. Great segue into the little fast uh, questions. always forget what i called it but let's say
1: it's time here. for the fast, fast four. i'm waiting for like a game show like some kind of <laughs> sound Pa-tah. there we go right, so you
0: you better pull over if you're listening to this driving you better That's pull right. over right because this is serious stuff so sales <laughs> is
1: about to get real <laughs>
0: spot on. so so for you you talk about you know you're, you're still actively involved in sales what are some of the daily sales habits that you do that help you to accelerate your sales
1: Absolutely. We have morning meetups every day. I don't make every one, but that's a cornerstone of the company. Uh, Another one is uh, get a sales operations manager, not a sales manager, a sales operations manager, what some people call the deal desk coordinator. Okay. Um, And I say the third is even when you've successfully worked yourself out of being the lead salesperson, Always keep a toe in sales because you need to always know as the visionary CEO what people are saying in sales calls. That's your market temperature. That's how to know what's going on.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. And um, and what about for you and your learnings, right? Where do you find out what's on the cutting edge other than You leading it, but what do you find out on the cutting edge for for sales? Where do you go? What do you obviously
1: the Accelerate Sales podcast (laughs) with Paul Higgins, and along that line, there's also Agency Unfiltered, which is uh, a longstanding podcast uh, published by HubSpot. Um, So I listen, I learn a lot there. I often share those recordings with others. I find that podcasts are a very invaluable resource for sales leaders because you get the discussion. Okay, you're not just reading for the bullet points that make into the blog article, you're looking for the things that live in between the official discussion points, those little dropped stories or experiences or anecdotes that help make it real.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely love it. And the the next one is, you know, um, if I or us listening here could grant you one wish for your business, what would that be?
1: Come join our sales organization, Paul. (laughs) We could use you. You'd be another great addition to our enthusiastic team.
0: (laughs) I love it. Love it. And the last thing is, you know, you've shared so much wisdom, uh, but, you know, what's something really fundamental that you learned as you've gone through this transition from gold to elite that you wish you had have learned
1: earlier? Absolutely. Think bigger, price higher. it you can always discount if you need to don't start there think bigger price higher
0: brilliant absolutely love it well it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today doug you're uh, just a breath of fresh air you're you know you practice what you preach you know to go from gold to elite to be in that little 50 club uh, around the world for HubSpot partners is brilliant but everyone you know, you watching now, there are things that you can take and apply. So I really recommend that you uh, re listen to this podcast and just get the gold that Doug has shared. So, uh, Doug, absolutely brilliant having you on today.
1: Thank you so much, Paul. It's been a great pleasure.
0: How much did you enjoy that interview? I know for me, it was absolutely mind blowing. I loved it. I hope you got that value as well. And you can find out more about Doug at wentpartners.com. So it's W E N dtpartners.com. All the links will be in the show notes, and he's also got a foundation in the honor of his late wife Alice. And uh, it's you can find out more at cardinalcancer.org, and it's really set up for uh, to help women with ovarian cancer. And um, yeah, he's uh, you know just please go to that site and uh, and uh, get informed and, and see how you can help the foundation. Uh, the stuff that you've learned from a business point of view, please share that on LinkedIn at mention Doug in it. And also, you know, there's a little summary, as I said, in here, but also you can get the full transcript at mentoring.com forward slash podcast. And why not share this? It was so much gold shared by Doug. Why not share it with others? You know, maybe one, five, 10 other partners that you know, and uh, they'll think you're an absolute rock star for doing it. Check out our solo shows as well. where we very sp- take specific topics for cloud consultants. Don't forget that free community, the cloudconsultantscollective.com. And next week's guest is Nick Sonnenberg. And he's going to talk about operational efficiency consultants, consultancy, right? So a different take, but uh, yeah, Nick's a wonderful guy as well. So as always, please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show tell me what your favorite episode is and don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.